strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! On the NFL calendar, there are two absolutes on a year-round basis. I said two, a pair of staples you can count on week in and week out. What's the that, first, The first, thanks for playing along, Wolf. The first would be the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, 52 weeks per year here in the Big Red Rage. Paul Calvisi here, Ron Wolfley there. And Wolf, you are there, correct? Yes, I am here, Paul Okay. It is dinner time. We're never quite sure. We just want to make sure. <laughs> you don't have anything I could eat, do you, Paul? And then number two, power rankings. You can count oh, on NFL no. power rankings every single week of the year. I defy you to go a single week without finding a new power ranking, and I've done just that right in front of me right here, right now. Wolf, as a purveyor of power rankings, are you ready? Oh, Paul, this is just a brutal exercise. CBS Sports has a new one out today. And you know what, Wolf? Before you start the disdain and the mocking and the minimizing, um, you know what? I think this is going to hold until the season starts in September. Oh, Polly, please. A power ranking, not of teams, not of players, but of divisions. Oh, well, if you're talking about the NFC West being the best division in the football universe, I think you're right, Polly. There you go. Yes. Ding and more ding. Because <laughs> there, Paul, they I know have you named... have this big setup, but, you know, Paul, I hate to shoot it down, but the NFC West, I think the AFC North and the NFC West battling it out, correct? Wolf, you've obviously come to the show prepared. The <laughs> NFC West is no number one. You've defied the doubters out there and the haters. You are actually prepared for this edition of the Big Red Rage. Uh, <laughs> NFC West is number one in the power rankings, and the AFC North is number two. Would you? How lucky do you feel right now, Wolf? Do you want to let it ride and name number three in the power <laughs> rankings? I do not, Paulie. Hit me with it. AFC West AFC would be number three. AFC West, okay. Yep. Wow, all right, DA. Well, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And everyone's looking at the Raiders, still wondering, are the Raiders going to be good or not? Yeah, I, I could see that, yeah. Paul. Justin Herbert, and then, you know, when the Raiders end up with Aaron Rodgers, you know, look out. So uh, there oh, you go. Oh, man, you're but, talking about the Denver Broncos, of course, ending up with Aaron Rodgers. You either to, one. Paul, is right. that really going to happen? Do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to be moved by the Green Bay Packers? I think it's a waste of breath probably probably but uh believe me he's gonna play this along as long as he possibly can as as you can see right down to his hawaiian vacation of which we're getting plenty of instagram uh photos right about now so uh maybe just maybe we'll ask rob frederickson about that uh because you know what we have lots of questions for the former first round pick the former first round linebacker if you want to know about zaven collins you know what 
bring on Rob Fredrickson. We'll do that shortly here on the Big Red Rage. But how about last week on the Big Red Rage, Wolf? Drew Grigson, would you say would you say the Cardinals director of player personnel uh, moved the meter with his interview? Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. He knocked it out of the park. And here he is right off the top, and we asked him about Zayvon Collins, and obviously coming off the rookie minicamp and three days uh, practicing on air. And Okay, what can you tell if you're a personnel guy, Drew Grigson? With his command of the huddle, with his command of the defense, his ability to make adjustments, even before he gets them from Vance. I mean, he's knocking stuff out. Um, you know, Vance telling me that if he makes a mistake, that's it. It doesn't happen again. You know, his, his ability to communicate with the rest of the defense, move people around, and be confident doing it. Now, I know it's still rookies, but it's going to be different, again, when it's, he's looking at J.J. Watt and, and Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. But, again, I think it, with his maturity and the respect that he's going to get from those guys, it's going to be an easy transition. Boy, Drew, just listening to you right there, that really bodes well. Absolutely. And, again, they're still not getting a ton at him. But what, just watching him out there, I, again, I, was, I, I, I left the first couple of practices today and, well, okay, that, this looks pretty good right now. So <laughs> we're wow. excited about him. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and having him inside calling the defense, uh, with Isaiah next to him, and those are two gigantic freaks in the middle of the field, and yes. it's just been two incredible skill sets for for a Mike and Mo for us. I mean, they're giving him the green dot, Zayvon Collins. Mm-hmm. So you know what that that makes you feel a whole lot better because if he was swimming from day one, that already would give you a little trepidation. But to hear that he's setting the front, he's making the adjustments, he's able to communicate with the guys around him. Uh, that's really all you can glean from these workouts. But that's enough to at least give you a little encouragement that, you know what, he is going to be capable of being the starter from day one. I, I don't know if I could impart just how difficult this proposition is going to be, I think, for Zayvon Collins going forward, Paulie. It's just, once again, when you think about it, you've got a base defense. Imagine, Paulie, right now, you've got you've got this base defense, and now all of a sudden you've got adjustments based on personnel group, based on formation. You've got to make the right calls. You've got to actually be playing the right defense and the right coverage of of course, you've got this base defense with those adjustments. Now, all of a sudden, you you tailor those adjustments, Paul, against a certain opponent that you're playing. It's called a game plan, Paulie. So you're refining the base defense and then those adjustments to fit your opponent. It is, Paulie. I mean, it is. It is. A, there's a lot of different dynamics that go into actually understanding what it is that you have to do, and also being able to tell other people what it is that they have to do it is a difficult proposition in front of Zayvon Collins but listen I think the Arizona Cardinals they've been very very clear about this they're this is going to be trial by fire they're going to let him go out there and experience this and actually work through the process of becoming their Mike linebacker by doing as opposed to watching and you know what? You know, he's right there with him. And when I had a chance to watch some of rookie minicamp a couple of weeks ago, his position coach makes sense. Obviously, linebackers coach Bill Davis is out there. A lot of times he would stop the drill. He'd jump in. He'd point some fingers. He'd impart some knowledge. And if he caught Cardinals flight plan season four, episode two the other night, well, guess what? Bill Davis was asked about his first round linebacker, Zayvon Collins. I know it's such a crapshoot. You have no idea how it's going to unfold. Was I hoping he was there? Absolutely. And I was glad he was. We're making a concerted effort to get intelligent, high football IQ players. And Zayvon and Isaiah in the middle, uh, all the inside backers, they're the quarterbacks to our defense. Thank God we have the offseason. Thank God we're going to have a rookie camp. Last year was so hard on Isaiah. That was 
all the rookies. They were robbed of those chances to, to really absorb immense amount of information. And I can tell right now of all, you know, he'll be a very quick learner. And hopefully we have the reps on the field to where that, that actually goes even faster. There you go, Bill Davis. Your reaction to that, Wolf, I'm sure he saw Cardinals' flight plan. He's in there. He's breaking down Zayman Collins on film, what he saw at Tulsa. And he actually, and you know what? You know this better than virtually anyone. He throw, he, he said he's an old-school linebacker with his size, with new-school athletic ability and speed. Because you tell me, Wolf, back in the day, you used to go against some monsters at inside linebacker. Oh, didn't yeah. You? Oh, yeah, Paulie. And they're still pretty brutal dudes. <laughs> They're still even today. They're still very, very difficult right now. I, I, I love this, man. This is, listen, this is going to be a work in progress. It is with Zayvon Collins. He's going to have to go through some of the lumps here. But the prospect of actually having Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons out on the field at the same time, that length and that athleticism and that physicality, I, I am hoping something very, very special is coming in front of the Red Sea. I think I, I'm hoping that something very special comes together at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this season where we see Zayvon Collins go out there at his best. I don't know, but I do know this right here. You have to know what to do before you can do. Do you understand that, Polly? Mm-hmm. You have to know what to do before you can do. And you have to know it with conviction. This is something I can't wait to talk to Rob Fredrickson about in the next beautiful part of the program. You have to know what to do before you can actually do it. And I think Zayvon Collins, has got, he's not going to have any problems with the doing. I think he's going to be physical. I think he's going to be athletic. He's going to be long. He's going to make plays. But he's got to know what to do and then be able to tell other people what to do as well with that green dot playing Mike Linebacker in the box. Isaiah Simmons certainly, hopefully, will be able to help him do that. I think Buda Baker, I've talked to you about this before, walking down in the box, being a box safety. I think he will help Zayvon Collins with a lot of the calls as well. We'll have to wait and see, but... You know, it's just, I cannot wait to see how this whole thing transpires. Well, in that film room, Bill Davis said one of the first things he looks for when he assesses any inside linebacker is the rate at which he recognizes the play and then reacts, and then he goes from there. So that was his initial takeaway. Let's go back to Drew Grigson last week here on the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals director of player personnel, because his other big takeaway from rookie minicamp would happen to be Rondale Moore, the second-round receiver out of Purdue. Do ran the four two nine forty, but it goes beyond that when it comes to his quickness. Grigson, he's going to make us dynamic inside. He's arguably the best run after catch guy in this draft. When he hits it straight line, it's unbelievable. But this kid's ability to to move laterally, and I mean, he this kid teleports. He, he doesn't just change direction. <laughs> it's, it's it's unbelievable to to, to watch. Um, he's a video game in real life. I heard, I heard one of the defensive coaches say it the other day, "This kid looks quick in slow motion." Um, I just you know when that I just I'm excited to see him for 17 games for us. I mean, I'm excited for the preseason just to see Rondell Moore. Yeah. Just get him the ball in space and get out of the way. Once again, Paulie, with Rondell Moore, the key is going to be, I mean, everything horizontal is something he does very, very well. He also has got to be a guy that can beat teams vertically, and that really is going to be the challenge right there. If Rondell Moore can actually line up and run by somebody, I've talked about this the entire offseason since they've drafted him, but Paul, this is going to be huge, not only for the Arizona Cardinals, 
Cardinals, but specifically for Rondell Moore. It's going to be important that he beats people vertically down the field and catches the ball, and a defensive coordinator says, man, I don't know where that Imodium AD is, but somebody pass it to me. I, you need to scare the opponent vertically. And then when that happens, man, all that horizontal goodness is going to be there. Well, and when you give him that space, if you truly can stretch the defense, as the saying goes, in 2018, his one full season of college football with Purdue, he forced 37 missed tackles, which was the most (laughs) by any receiver in a single season in college ball since 2014. So, and at a buck 85, and with those legs, you know, he's going to break an arm tackle or two. And let's be honest, Andy Isabella hasn't shown a lot of that. He doesn't have your calves, Paul. We come back. Rob Fredrickson is going to join us here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. With the 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Zavin Collins, linebacker, Tulsa. Better handle number 23, Zayvon Collins. That dude's an animal. 6'3", yeah. 260, linebacker, one of the best linebackers in all of college football. What I liked about him was everything. Size, uh, football acumen, instincts, coverability. Uh, this guy's got rare and unusual movement skills for a guy who's only 6'5", 265 pounds. I only dreamed of Arizona and, and being in that organization with that community, with everything there. It was something that I dreamed of, and uh, we accomplished that Collins preceded by the GM Steve Kime, the draft pick, and the guy making the draft pick. That was from draft night talking to the media, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and soon to be joined by Rob Fredrickson, who, Wolf, did you happen to catch, made a cameo in Cardinals' flight plan. I did, Billy. I saw that. There was the war room scene where Steve Kime said, I've got it right here on my phone. I told Vance and Billy, starter day one, big, fast, and smart. Put that on camera, boys. And he winked at the camera talking about Zayvon Collins and what he texted Vance Joseph and Bill Davis, the defensive coaching staff. But then there was a text he received from our own Rob Fredrickson, former first-round linebacker, who joins us now in the Big Red Rage. And, and, and Rob, um, good evening. We don't have time for the semantics. What exactly were you pinging the GM's <laughs> phone with on draft night? <laughs> hey, Paul. Hey, Wolf. What's up, bud? Uh, so, you know, they made the pick, and, and I absolutely love the pick. And I just texted Kaim, and I said, you know, we, we have a kind of a joking relationship. I just joked him. I was like, great pick. Must have been Michael's pick. <laughs> well, you got a smile out of him. We saw it right there on camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're just joking around. And look, I, I, I don't care who made the pick. Uh, that's that's a great pick, I think. Um, just just looking at Zayvon Collins and what he was able to do in college, and and I really think his game will translate to the NFL. You know, all I think of as playing the Mike linebacker right there, not only one of the most physical positions in all of professional football, but also just how mental it is anytime you're playing inside the box, especially if you have the green dot. How do you think all of that is going to go, Rob? Well, uh, you know, there'll obviously be a learning curve, Wolf. Like uh, you and I had it. Uh, everyone has it when you when you go from college and, and you know, a, a smaller school like Tulsa, into the NFL, there's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be a learning curve, but I think he's equipped. Just watching what little film I have of him, I think he's equipped to to move right in from day one 
and and be an impact player. He just he has the instincts of an inside linebacker, and you, and you really can't teach those. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you, we saw at times last year, especially early, Isaiah Simmons really struggled with it. Uh, just the speed of things uh, that happen inside the box, and you know, obviously Isaiah Simmons he got better as the season progressed, but I really think. Yeah, I really think Zayvon Collins will come in from day one and be ready to roll. You know, it was apparent a couple of things last year when we saw Isaiah Simmons, especially the first month of season A, he didn't play all of his snaps in college ball at the inside linebacker spot. He he split his reps between four or five different positions, so he maybe wasn't as experienced an inside linebacker You know, as, as Zayvon Collins, obviously number two. One of my big takeaways so far in the offseason is when they asked Zayvon Collins about trying to digest the playbook and getting out there during rookie minicamp, and he paused and he said, I couldn't imagine doing this without having that rookie minicamp, doing this virtually. Mm-hmm. And that was a challenge that Isaiah Simmons faced a year ago. At the same time, this isn't a situation where Daryl Washington comes in and he has Carlos Dansby next to him, mentoring him, right, and, and telling him where the rook, where to be. So... What is the degree of difficulty to be a starter from day one at that position and being asked to call the defense, Rob? Well, I just, you know, again, not, not ever having met Zayvon Collins, but just seeing some of his interviews and hearing him, he, he, he sounds like a guy that, that will command a huddle. He, he really does. He sounds like a guy from day one to me that, that will come in there and, and get the call, make the call, and, and get everybody lined up. You know, he's also got some some veteran leadership, not at the position, but he's got some veterans. Uh, you know, JJ Watt and and getting Chandler Jones back, Buda Baker. You know, there there's some really strong leaders on that defense that I think will will buoy him and and, and really bring Zayvon Collins along. Rob, if you could talk to us about having two inside linebackers that are three down backers, two inside linebackers that are never going to come off the field. Why is that such an advantage? Why do we see this, the commonality of this actually occurring with a Luke Keekley and a Thomas Davis for the Carolina Panthers? I, I, I think of Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, the great San Francisco yeah. 49er defenses. Why, in your opinion, is it so important those two inside linebackers never come off the field well i think it's it's important just be number one because they get into a flow you know you get into a flow of a game and you don't you don't want to be coming off for one or two snaps and then going back in uh, as a linebacker you want to be out there the, the entire time and i think with these guys uh especially isaiah simmons the versatility that he has um it doesn't matter what personnel group the offense has out there Isaiah Simmons we can put him out on a on a on a slot receiver we can drop him back if we saw that last year drop him back uh to play a deep safety so there's really some some things that you know this this defense can do with these guys uh Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons that are so versatile uh, they don't need to come off the field. It's one of the reasons why I love it. I'm so fired up about it, Rob, is just the fact that it, for me, down in distance and personnel groups, as you well know, now all of a sudden it doesn't matter if you're an 11 personnel. You're not going to take those two guys off the field. You're not going to do it. It doesn't matter if you're in 12 personnel. Those two guys yeah. are still going to be there. You can run personnel groups out there, especially in rundown situation. You can do it. And you know how offenses, Rob, love to actually disguise the play they're going to run based on personnel groups and formations as well. If you've experienced it, if you've been out there playing this game, 
you've seen it all typically by the fourth quarter. Now, again, do you make adjustments? Of course. Teams always make adjustments, always on the fly. But I think seeing it and getting that repetition and experience, it's one of the reasons why the best defenses in the National Football League have those two inside linebackers. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, Rob- and, and I think these two, you know, it, it's going to take some time, and there's going to be a learning curve for both of them. Isaiah Simmons is still learning as he goes, but uh, I think these two, number one, we got faster at the position. That's yeah. number one, and that's everything in the NFL. That is everything. You can't make a tackle if you can't get there. And these two, uh, they they move around out there, and that and that's going to be fun to watch. That's number one. And number two, um, you know, they – I just think I just think uh, they're going to absorb so much. And, and Paul, you hit the nail on the head with the benefit of these OTAs and these rookie mini camps. Uh, Isaiah Simmons didn't have that, so he's going through it the first time, just the same as Zayvon Collins and the rest of these rookies. So uh, these guys are going to absorb so much in this off season, and, and hopefully. Uh, you know, take it over to the field once the season starts. Until last year, you never hear me say the words, thank goodness for the preseason. Mm-hmm. But you know what? With these two yeah. guys in particular, especially when you're asking them to be starters from day one and be every down linebackers, as Wolf says. Rob, listen to Drew Grigson last week here on the Big Red Rage, Cardinals director of player personnel. And I think Wolf asked him, when did you know Zayvon Collins would be the Cardinals guy? When we interviewed Zayvon uh, over Zoom, and he, you know, he pressed the the leave button. We all looked at each other in the room like, oh boy! Like it's almost like we knew that 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 was a guy that this is going to be a consideration at sixteen. And then it evolved, and it became what it was. And and that's always in the back of your mind as the guys are falling. And we start to look at is he even going to get past this team, or is he going to get past this team? And then sure enough, he fell right to us, and and we're, we were able to pick him. Uh, and again, we feel great about him at sixteen. But I, I think we got a steal at sixteen. How about that, Drew Grigson? You said earlier, Rob Fredrickson, our guest, it's all about you, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Cardinals' former first-round linebacker. What about his game translates to the NFL? Those were your words earlier. Break that down a little bit. Well, number one, the size uh, for the position. You, you don't see a lot of 260 or how, however many pounds he weighs. You don't see a lot of inside linebackers that weigh 260 pounds that can move like he does. Um, so that's number one. I don't. I don't have any question that he can hold up in the run game. He can hold up in the box. That, that's not a question. That was a question maybe for Isaiah Simmons last year, but um, he he progressed obviously throughout the year. But uh, Zayvon Collins just plays with instinct at that inside linebacker position. Whether he's blitzing, whether he's uh, just reading the blocking schemes, or, or getting out into coverage. Those are things that you really can't teach. Now, they, they can improve some, on some things. Obviously, uh, the NFL, when it comes to coverages, they're, they're going to be more advanced and, and more intricate versus the college game because when you're in college, you, you're very limited in the, in the amount of time that you have during the week in meetings and practices. So um, there's, there's going to be some learning involved. And, and I just I, from what I see of him on film, He's just a very instinctive player, and he he knows where the ball is, and he knows how to get there. Yeah, you know what, Backer? I love the fact you got a guy that is six five. <laughs> That is a big dude, man. You got a guy that is big. Isaiah Simmons is long. You got Zayvon Collins. Two inside linebackers that are really going to be long. That can clog up that two-route passing lane, as you well know. But talk to me a little bit about Rondell Moore and your your thoughts on Rondell Moore as the second-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. 
you know, Wolf, I, I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I watch a, a lot of my Spartans. And, yes. and a few years ago, Rondell Moore was absolutely destroying the Big Ten. I mean, he was honestly in the Heisman talk. And he destroyed Ohio State. Uh, now, he's had some injuries the last couple of years, and he hasn't, he hasn't seen the field a lot. So that's obviously a concern. But just from a talent standpoint, yeah, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but I'm I'm telling you, he is the quick one of the quickest players you'll ever see. And once he gets the ball, he knows what to do with it. Very exciting football player. I hope he can stay healthy. That's you know that's that's going to be the big knock on wood. But uh, Rondell Moore, you know, it, it, if this guy stayed healthy, he would have been a first round pick. Do you think he evolves? Cliff Kingsbury's offense, meaning there's going to be some wrinkles we've never seen before because they now have a Rondell Moore, or is this the piece that completes Cliff Kingsbury's offense and the guy he's been looking for all along? Yeah, if, if I'm speaking honestly here, I, I, I don't want to see a, whole, a bunch of whole new wrinkles, honestly. I, I actually want to see a, uh, this offense gain an identity and and I think personally it starts with the running game. I want I want to see more downhill running. I want to see more under center. Um, but that's just me personally. That's I just think there's so many more things. Harumph. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think there's so many more things you can do when you're under center, and it doesn't have to be all the time. But yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, tw- maybe twenty, thirty, uh, twenty, fifteen snaps a game. Let's let's do some things where uh, that running game really starts to establish things, and then you're going to see guys like Rondell Moore really exploit things coming out of play action over the middle. Oh, my goodness. Backer, do you really think that might happen? For me, it's the biggest question mark going into the season. It really is. It's not the defense. It's the offense. Ironically enough, it's the offense. And how much will this offense change I, I you know is it are going to be a blending of the old and more traditional uh, offenses with the new I, I don't know but that to me is the biggest question mark yeah well Wolf, I remember last year you and I were talking yeah uh, before before the game and and we, we were we were just pleading for for something like that to happen and and, and they did Cliff Cliff started yes. getting Kyler under center they were doing some bootlegs some play action and and moving DeAndre Hopkins around, I, I don't think it's good to have him stagnant over on the left side. Let's move him around a little bit. It was working, and so I think when 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 in the off season when they go back and and self scout and self evaluate the season and watch the film and they see some of those plays that you know what there's there's some things that we can build off of that. Um, I, I think they're going to implement it. I really do. So, Rob, if we went back and looked at what Rondell Moore did to your Michigan State Spartans in 2018, <laughs> you conveniently left out the stats. I mean, did he have like a dozen catches for 250 and three touchdowns and a punt return taken to the house? I mean, come on now. He must have torched your Sparties. Uh, he certainly did. But, uh, you know, I, I, look, I'm, I'm just glad he's on our team now. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of watching him beat up on my Spartans. I saw it was a few years ago we were on the road, and uh, I I guess it was the pleasure. It was a spectacle watching Rob watch the Michigan-Michigan State game. And uh, let's just say I kept a good distance (laughs) from Rob because uh, he was reacting a lot of the physicality of the game from his seat at the bar. Let's put it that way. So Yeah, well, you know what? We won that game, Paul, so I didn't have to beat you up or anything. Backer, you're the best, man. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate your time this evening. Uh, love you stuff. guys. Miss you and can't wait to see you again. Okay, All buddy. Right. We continue with the Big Red Rage right after this.
<laughs> don't be bad for him. Don't be bad for him. And I'm right here. Hey, you're going to know these soon. Run play to Homer off the right side across the 45. He gets leveled at the 47-yard line. Buda Baker came flying in there with a hit. Brought down by Baker at the 35-yard line. Buda Baker on the safety blitz. Colton gets hit and slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Over the middle, picked off. Intercepted by Baker at the 15, gets up and runs. Pass near side, picked off by Baker at the 5. Running left to the 10, to the 20. The chase is on. Buda Baker read it, jumped it, picked it. What a day, Buda Baker. The all-pro safety, Buda Baker. And Wolf, who can forget what he told us earlier this month in person on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Buda Baker, remember we were talking about Seattle, his hometown, going back to Seattle. The guy who heckles all the players. And he made a comment about Buda. And his size, fine, diminutive American. And then what was Buddha's response? Well, you know, I just proceeded to knock out two or three of the running backs. Right. <laughs> that was that was the mentality. And don't all the great ones have that? that, that yes. They have that fire, that need to compete and prove themselves on an almost down-by-down basis. No doubt about it. I think of Tyron Matthew, of course. The Badger had the exact same thing, Paulie. Run into the darkness, right? As Vance Joseph <laughs> loves to say, it was one of the greatest things I ever heard any coach say about a player, that Buda Baker will run into into the darkness and you watch him play he comes down out of that secondary like a bad bad man no doubt about it well it was great to visit with rob Fredrickson, former cardinals linebacker former first round pick of the raiders current member of our broadcast team so he had the cameo on cardinals flight plan a reminder season four episode two available right now on the cardinals youtube channel right all access behind the scenes of the draft you get into the war room rookie mini camp some great stuff youtube.com slash az cardinals so it was interesting to hear both you guys say that you actually have more focus right now on the offense versus the defense nationally obviously the focus is on the defense and whether the defense can measure up and propel the cardinals to that next step into the postseason and i think most people will look at the secondary not the safety position but the cornerback position and just tell me where you are right here right now on that and if you expect for example a time time sign between now and august yeah you know paulie i do believe that we could see a veteran corner being brought in here no doubt about it but you have to say what veteran corners are walking around out there right now it's not like there's a bunch of veteran corners walking around on the street i know steven nelson of course was a a subject matter earlier in the week talking about the possibility of going out and signing a guy that played for the Steelers, a guy that has been paid, a guy that is uh, impressive when it comes to the kind of salary that he he garnished, a, a kind of contract he actually signed, Paulie. So that's a possibility. Yeah. But you know what, honestly? And, and they got lucky last year with Drake Kirkpatrick, obviously. They yes. added him, him late. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Paulie. But to me, once again, I think the the corners they have now, as long as they stay healthy, the corners they have now, I'm okay with it. I am. Robert Alford, of course, is the guy you think of very first. You think of him and the fact he has not been able to stay healthy. We all understand that. But it really has been freak 
injuries that have happened to Robert Alford over the last two seasons. And you know it as well as I do. He's a very capable guy. But you got Malcolm Butler. I I am really jacked up about Malcolm Butler because of the dog that he is. Byron Murphy, I think, is only going to get better. And you have to remember, it's not like this secondary stunk last year. They did not, Paul. No. They did not. They were number 10 overall in passing yards per game, number 7 overall in passing yards per play. By the way, they were 5th in sacks per attempt. That was without Chandler Jones. And now you've got Chandler Jones, you've got J.J. Watt, you got a healthy Jordan Phillips. Hopefully the, the, the pass rush is going to help a guy like Malcolm Butler out a lot. Because if you got guys that will be able to walk up over wide receivers and jam them on the line with an expectation, I only have to hold up on that press man cover for a, a few seconds before we're going to get home on that quarterback. Man, that really fills those DBs, especially the corners with a lot of confidence and speaking of malcolm butler remember what he said to the media after signing on the line that is dotted his intro press conference with the arizona cardinals and he was asked on how bullish is he on a cardinals team making the postseason ending the five-year drought here's butler i most definitely think we can make a push guys get older and things like that but if you're doing the right thing with your body uh you staying focused you committed to the game you committed to one goal and that's just winning you know what i mean if everyone have that same mindset that's what we're gonna do and i'll ball harder this year you know i, I was what had my best year at the age of 30 age ain't nothing but a number over here it'll be 31 this year during yeah. the season and and look here's a guy who had over 100 tackles as a cornerback so he plays hard there's no question about that my question within the question when it comes to the cornerbacks wolf is whether vance joseph is going to be able to play the way he wants to Ideally, he takes those two corners, puts them on an island, then he dials up the other nine guys. But the second half of last season, they got away from that primarily. Pat P really wasn't employed the way he traditionally was. And And there was a reason for that, Paulie. Right. And and that that might have been more on on Pat P, let's be honest. And, And so, but is Malcolm Butler that guy? Yeah. Especially at age 31. Yeah, that remains to be seen right now, Polly. But once again, I know a lot of people will say, hey, Wolf, you know, number 10 in passing defense and number number 7 in passing yards per play, you know, that was with Pat P. And there's no doubt about that. I'm not trying to minimize Pat P. in any way, shape, or form. But once again, um, it wasn't like Pat P. was locked down. I think we'd all admit he, he was not the lockdown corner that we've seen from him in the the past last year. Now, going up to Minnesota, I expect Pat P to have a great year. I really do, because I think the change of scenery is going to do him a lot of good. But I... I, True or false, was Pat P still the Cardinals' best cornerback last year? Yes, he was. Yeah, to me, he was. Yeah, His biggest problem, honestly, was penalties. He he led the NFL in in flags. That was his biggest problem. Exactly right. He, He was just consistently getting flagged up so here's the one thing paul you got to remember too defensive quarterback rating is really an important number it is for a defense to look at defensive quarterback rating quarterback rating paul i know a lot of people throw stones at it but you know i like it because year after year after year in the top 10 guess what there's the best quarterbacks in the nfl for whatever reason there they are so it must be a decent indicator of how a human being is playing the quarterback position flip it over and go defensive of quarterback rating, the Arizona Cardinals improved from 
dead last in the league in 2019 with 109.9 quarterback rating, defensive quarterback rating, 109.9, Paulie. That was dead last in the National Football League. They improved to number 14 in the top half of defensive quarterback rating. That was with Pat P having certain struggles. That was with not having a Chandler Jones. It, it, it was really an incredible accomplishment. And I think this is something that the Cardinals can build off going forward. And it starts with that secondary, Paulie. Yep, and, and the players will dictate the scheme. We, we know that. We had Greg Williams on, the cornerbacks coach, recently on the Big Red Rage. And when we asked him about Malcolm Butler and his versatility, here's Greg Williams. He's had a chance to be in multiple schemes. Uh, so I think he can adapt to whatever we want him to do and whatever will help the team win, stay right, stay left, or travel. Uh, he's done it all, and he's, he's more than willing to do that in this game as well. So what is Malcolm Butler going to show these coaches in training camp? Is Robert Alford going to be mm-hmm. Robert Alford circa 2017 before all the flurry oh. of injuries? And the guy we saw in training camp as recently as last year. What about Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan? Two yeah. guys with size and athleticism. How quickly can they navigate the rookie learning curve? If you have a guy like Marco Wilson who can also play inside, is Byron Murphy maybe a candidate to kick outside at times? These are a lot of questions in that secondary that are swirling right now. No, those are good points, Paulie. And keep in mind right now, this is just my belief. But if you wanted to get a rookie to actually make an impact, playing corner is a great position to actually try to have that happen. Mm. You know what? It's so physically related. It's just your talent taking over. Go out and you cover that guy. And if I was a rookie corner in the NFL right now, there's no better team than the Arizona Cardinals to come in and make a name for yourself. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Chase Edmonds in the backfield with Murray. Third down and one of the 29. Four receivers set. Shotgun snap. It's a run play right side. Big hole Edmonds. 25-20. 10-5 touchdown. The inside zone being run and Chase Edmonds found the hole and to the house, baby. 29-yard touchdown run on third down and one for Chase Edmonds. All four of Chase Edmonds' touchdowns at MetLife, 20 yards or longer. Dave Pash, the voice of the Cardinals, on top of that stat because the year before the Cardinals had gone to the New York Giants and he had three touchdown runs of 20 yards or more in the same game. So, yes, Cardinals go to the Big Apple and they always get big games out of Chase Edmonds, a 29-yard score there, part of the Cardinals' Week 5 win, 30-10 to to the Jets last season. This season, though, Ron Wolfley, you can now call Chase Edmonds deuce. He has changed his number. He is now number two. Yes. In college, the Fordham guy was 22, and he says he was known as Deuce. And he said, among other things, to our Kyle Odegaard this week on azcardinals.com, he said, look, now I'm going back to two. Hopefully I can change my life. And he had a lot of really good quotes to Kyle Odegaard. Look, we know Chase Edmonds well, do we not, Wolf? Highly intelligent guy. Really well-spoken, uh, very passionate about everything he, he does. Paulie, just a great football player. Yeah. 
And and, he, and you know what? He would take that as the ultimate compliment, wouldn't he? Football player. Football player, Polly. I mean, this is a guy you could stick out as a gunner if you wanted to on Punt Pro. You could put him anywhere. I, I kid you not. Special teams, he could play anywhere. This is a tough human being. He's just a great football player. I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm not saying, Paul, that he's going to win the MVP. I'm just saying when you talk about the body, soul, and spirit of a human being being a great player, think of Chase Edmonds because he's got it all. And you know what Chase is saying? It's now or never, quote, end quote. He said, I'm ready to run through a damn wall, another quote. <laughs> that sounds I'm like going- Chase. I'm going to ball out this year, among other things, what he said, his contract year, his fourth year in the league, 2018, fourth-round pick. And as for those people out there who say, come on now, at his size, 5'9", mm-hmm. 200 pounds or so, can he really be a workhorse, bell cow type of back? And, you know, one of us around here might have cited the Miami game a year ago when he got the 25 carries and only had 70 yards rushing against a pretty good stout uh, Miami Dolphins defense. I think we would all agree. And he told our Kyle Odegaard, you know what? Uh, I read it all, bro, is what he says. He reads everything, <laughs> and everything motivates him. And he's coming to play this year and try and win as many reps and touches as he can at running back. It's so fascinating, Polly. It really is because James Conner, again, is is also a guy. He He's more of a traditional offense running back. Inside zone, good power scheme guy, good in blitz pickup after play action, catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Mike Tomlin called him his bell cow. When, when you had James Conner rolling with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was truly a three-down guy. Chase Edmonds, more of a new offense, a new-age offense type of running back. Zone reads and RPOs, more of a back coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. A guy you could line up, I think, in the slot and have him work against a a cornerback running a choice route, which is a go-anywhere route for the most part. So I look at that, Paulie. I think it's going to be a perfect blend between Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because here's a flashback to what James Conner said, his intro press conference as a Cardinal on working with Chase Edmonds. I just think explosive. I mean, just the weapons that that, uh, that we have. Chase doing his thing already, and so you know, I was watching film. I'm like, man, this dude, he can he can ball, and I want to, you know, learn from him, be a part of it, and just get to work with him with Chase. And so, you know, ain't no telling. I can't predict nothing, but I know what I can guarantee is I'm going to come in here and work day in and day out, put my head down and grind, and you know, I'm in it for the long haul. So. 17-game season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Paulie, I think of offensive linemen when I listen to that right there. James Conner, of course, he knows he's going to be able to learn from Chase Edmonds. But I think of offensive linemen, too, that love to block for a guy who's going to stoke it. That is James Conner. And by the way, that's Chase Edmonds as well. Yeah. And, and Chase said, look, he's realistic. He knows when it's the four-minute offense and you're trying to grind down the opponent and, and try and move the sticks late in the game and run the clock. James Conner will probably be that guy. He, he's that big back or maybe in the red zone near the goal line. Guess what? James Conner might be the guy that comes in and gets a lot of the touchdown runs. You know, So Chase is realistic about that. How about this comment from D.J. Humphreys a year ago on the Big Red Rage when we asked about Chase Edmonds just in general, and he went all the way back to Chase's rookie year. Big energy. 
Justin, we all, me and Justin always joke around. You hear Chase before you see him. Every time you're going to hear him before you see him. <laughs> That's my guy there, though, man. He's always been a guy that football mattered most to him. That's one of the first things I realized about him as a rookie. You know, you could tell that he takes this game serious. As offensive line, when you see a, a rookie running back coming in, he's just as focused on picking up the, the blitzes as he is finding the hole. He found a special place in our heart quickly. Paulie, what do you say all the time? Players know players, right? Yep. Dogs know dogs as well. And DJ Humphreys is a dog and appreciates that in Chase Edmonds. And the fact that, yeah, Chase Edmonds is not a big guy. But, man, he plays much bigger than his body, much bigger than his frame. And I think it's one of the reasons why I'm bullish on this offense becoming more physical. Just the way that Steve Kimes says he wants this team to be. More physical, better leadership leadership in the offseason, create that culture, create that identity. We're going to line up and we're just going to be better than you in certain situations. Not all the time, but we're going to line up and sometimes just beat you as opposed to trying to trick you. Chase saying this week, among other things, I believe if I have 20 touches in a game, I can make some special things happen. And even if that's 15 rushes and five catches, you know, just he has the ability to make that first guy miss. So we'll see the one-two punch in the Cardinals' backfield. Speaking of a one-two punch, two guys we will not see around the facility anymore. How about congratulations on a well-earned, well-deserved retirement for former Cardinals receiver Anthony Edwards, who has been so indispensable in so many roles for the Cardinals over the last two decades. Congratulations, Anthony. And assistant equipment manager Stein. Wolf, did you really (laughs) nickname Stein? I called him Einstein out there because we was working the ball machine, and then Machine actually said, hey, Stein. He picked it up from that point. (laughs) Stein, love you, buddy. Congratulations. Congrats. Special thanks Jim O'Hunter and Jeff Darge. This has been the Big Red Rage. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club